Oh, wait, that was quick. <laughs> Christy, we're live? Let me, yeah, let me check. Let's see, I think we are. I think we are live here, Chris. What do you say, do you see it? Yeah. All right, gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to Jack Kelly Live. Uh, I'm so excited to see you guys. Last time we spoke, it was awesome. And now you guys are big shots. So, you know, let's do this. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it to you. And you guys can introduce yourselves and talk about Pivot and what you're doing and what you've been doing since we last spoke. So everybody can get a sense of what Pivot Technologies School is all about. Yep. Yes, I'll go. Uh, my name is Joshua Mundy. I'm CEO, co-founder of Pivot Technology School. Okay. Uh, my name is Quan Clark, co-founder, president of Pivot Technology School. I'm Dr. Isaac Adai, chief strategy officer of Pivot Technology School. That's great. Now, maybe do you guys want to talk a little bit about what you do, what the school is about, what, you know, where you're based, where you're located, and who you yeah. help? So um, we are a coding school, coding boot camp. So we started out as a coding boot camp in 2019. We're based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And our, our primary mission is to get more minorities trained and engaged in technology careers. Uh, so we started out actually as a in-person uh, local Nashville tech school. And, you know, Josh, Josh had a business in North Nashville and our goal was to really get North Nashville um, introduced the tech scene to North Nashville, especially primarily for African-Americans. Uh, and then COVID happened and a lot of other things happened and it opened our entire um, school up to a totally different audience. So now we're like na national, actually a global uh, tech school because we're 100% virtual. So things have completely pivoted for us. And now we're able to reach a much larger audience and really provide the tech resources and services to corporations and individuals all over the world. And yeah. if I recall, when you started, there's some challenges, right? When you guys started? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's been, <laughs> I guess, you know, the challenges really were a blessing in disguise. You what, know? What, I mean, a tornado, right? It's like a tornado. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tornado. You had COVID. You had so many things that, that have happened, but it's always prepared us for this moment. It feels like it was preparing us for this moment right now. So, We've really been, and really what we're excited about is the work that we were doing with organizations and corporations. We really are building tech workforce development strategies uh, around how do we pipeline good tech workers and also diverse tech workers into our organization. So that's the big buzz and, and there is a huge shortage, uh, but we're doing our part to really create customized programming for organizations to really figure out ways that they can really upskill from within their organization as well as be a good community partner and create opportunities to really create job opportunities for uh, individuals that are looking to get in the tech. Yeah. So, so you have this boot camp, and it's based in Tennessee, right? Yeah. In Nashville, Tennessee, and is it it's cyber coding? What other what other classes can someone take? That analytics, okay. cybersecurity, software development, both front end and back end. And just to add to that a bit more, so we started with these concentrations, right? Because you have to start somewhere. But what we're doing now is actually working with organizations now to say, hey, here's what we currently offer. But what, what are your needs? Like, what, what, is, what, what are your demands? Where are the backlogs? Because there's a complete tech shortage, not even just diverse, but just in general. There's a tech shortage and there's not enough individuals to meet the demand. So Josh and Isaac, they spend time meeting with corporations all day, every day. 
building out our partner network to really understand what are the needs of these organizations. And then we build what they need on the back end because we don't want to just train people on what we think they need. We want to speak with them and say, hey, what are your demands? Where are your shortages? Where, are you, where do you have a diverse talent you know, gap? And then we build from there. So, so just to take a step back, you do think, if I recall, you do things a little differently in that you have sp- companies that sponsor the people who are taking these courses, right, guys? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah for sure. Go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. Uh, I, yeah, so we, we developed a u- unique approach. And, and I think Josh has said, this is our new strategy, right? But basically, we found a way to connect with companies from an upskilling perspective. Upskilling is this way in which companies can invest in internal talent and train them without having to go and look for that talent externally. And so we've had companies come to us and say, you guys are doing a great job in training diverse talent in specific tech areas. Can we work with you to develop our internal diverse talent? Yeah, sure. And so we've helped develop customized curriculums that are tailored specifically to a particular company software stack, uh, specific to coding languages that they use and then we deliver that curriculum. We have instructors that are set up to train their talent and it works and, and we've had great results and we're doubling down on that in 2022. That's great. Now, Isaac, so is it a combination of, let's say you have a, a company, an organization that someone's already working, mm-hmm. but in this war for talent, great resignation, the company's saying, hey, we got to retain people. How to retain people? Let's upskill them. Sure. So let's go to pivot and say, hey, let's get you know, whatever the person is, person X, let's get that person trained to be a coder because we really need that help. And then it's a win-win for both. So the company doesn't have to worry about losing the employee because they have no upward mobility or yes. they're going to leave to go somewhere else. So they train that person. And then I imagine the person who's trained is going to be like super excited. Like, hey, I just, they yeah. sent me to school to learn how to code. Now I'm like yes. a software engineer. This yes. is fantastic. So, they right, is that how salary. it works? They get higher pay yeah. within their organization, but also the company doesn't have to onboard new talent. They're working with folks that already understand their corporate culture, likely have some allegiance to that organization, and they're basically investing in them. And so folks are excited about it. And companies have said, we have diverse talent in other areas, maybe not in tech, how do we train those folks and put them in these tech roles? So it's a win-win. Yep. And really just organizations has to have to get back into the business of developing talent. I know like really they've been spoiled by just being able to go out here and be able to hire individuals or buy, uh, you know, hire senior level developers. Now those senior, it's, it's a shortage of senior level developers. So how can we get our senior, senior level developers in our organization to train up those juniors, get those juniors to be mid-level to senior level, and then you just create that wheel within your organization and just solve that problem instead of having to fight with the big organizations of the world like the Amazons or the Oracles that can afford to pay software developers $350,000. Everybody is not able to do that. So how can you think outside the box to create opportunities from within your organization as well as be a community partner? But Joshua, how long does it take? So let's say somebody who's watching this, you know, show and, and say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm in a dead end job. You know, I want to kind of pivot into something new. Does it take a long time? Is it or it depends on the subject matter? It really, it really depends on the track. So our data analytics and our cybersecurity tracks are about 20 weeks. So about five, five months. Uh, then our full stack or our software development track is about a year. So within a year, 
you know, if you pretty much hunker down, it's a sacrifice. It is a boot camp, so it is not easy. But if you put in the work, we can't guarantee you a job, but we'll put you in a position to be able to get a job making more money than you're making now. Now, do you have to have, like, um, I understand tech, but I'm, you know, maybe because I'm a Gen Xer, I don't have that comfort level like that my son has. Yes. Do you, I mean, how, you know, do you have to come in being like really tech savvy or can you just be, you know, okay, but interested and have, just have to drive to do it? Like, how, what do you think? Here's the thing. So what we've noticed is that everybody has skill sets that they're not even aware of. So we we have a specific way of teaching from zero coming in with no coding experience, but also being able to, to make the correlation um, to some of your previous skills that you didn't even know that translate. Right. So, for example, in the data analyst uh, field, there's a lot of people that are already current analysts, but don't realize they have a skill set to analyze data, you know, depending on what you do right now, you may dig through, you know, dig through certain things and try to come to these, come to these conclusions. So you've already developed the analyst skill set. You just don't know Excel, you don't know SQL. So we can show you how you can already take your previous skills and previous experience and make that transition into pivot, into coding. But what we also do is we create this culture. We spend time like building up your confidence, building up your mindset building up your, building up your, uh, cause you're going to have some, you're going to have some, um, you're going to have this thing where you don't really feel like you belong yet. You don't know if you really got it yet. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to question yourself. So we spent over those five months, we spend time getting you in the shape from a soft skill standpoint, from a mentoring standpoint, putting you in position. So when you graduate, you're ready to go on this lifelong coding uh, learning journey. Cause you learn forever. It's not like five months and you're done. You never stop learning once you get in the tech. And, and so where do they, so do they end up staying with the company they're with, or do you find sometimes they get the skills and like, wait a minute, I'm really marketable now. And they get recruited away. Like, do you have any stories of like what people have done once they go through your boot camp? Now, some, some have been able to get the skill set and say, Hey, I'm going to jump ship, but most have that allegiance and really, yeah. you know, we try to encourage them to stay with their company at least a year because they had made that investment. Uh, so, you know, we just work with them to really work. We work with organizations to say, hey, we want to help you retain your talent. So not only we're going to help you train, but retention is really the number one key to a lot of organizations. They're getting the resumes. They're getting the workflow. They're getting all these people that are applying for positions. But, hey, it's a, it's a revolving door. Uh, you know, people now coming out of COVID, they really want purposeful or meaningful work. You know, it's different from where it used to be, well, I am working, yeah. I'm getting my paycheck. So now it's more of, does this align with my purpose? So we really kind of help organizations with, from a retention standpoint, say, hey, what can we do? What kind of programs can we put in place? How can we have ongoing wraparound services to keep employees engaged in that organization? Yeah, I can tell you an interesting story about Nick Oldham, one of our success stories who came through our program. Give him a little context. Yeah, so Nick, and what's ironic about Nick, we actually went to, to high school together. So he's someone <laughs> I've known for a while. He and he was in our very, very first cohort. And what's our what's interesting about him is Nick was actually working as a as a drive a bus driver. A bus driver, for right? For the city of That's Nashville, it. right? And right before he entered to pivot, he had gotten a job in kind of operations. So he got off the bus, but he was working just in some operational jobs for uh, WeGo. 
Uh, he came through pivot. Now here's the thing about this whole thing. Nick was a person that was driven. So we always talk about it. It's a mindset thing. So within a month, Nick was taking the skills he was learning at pivot going back to work and say, hey, yeah. look at this new spreadsheet thing I've learned. Hey, let me work on this dashboard thing I learned. So as soon as Nick graduated, Nick doubled his salary within two months. So I think Nick is now making well over six figures. He's He has a, a job in management now just from the skills he learned at Pivot within five months. So when I tell people the story, it's about, hey, think about going from driving a bus to making $110,000 within that same year. So the return on your investment is crazy. It's, but it just, you have to believe, you have to really believe that you can make that shift. But man, if you think about it, uh, Jack, everything is going tech. Like we're talking metaverse, we're talking uh, cryptocurrency, we're talking blockchain technology. We're talking about all of these things. We're not going backwards, <laughs> we're going forward. So it's like, hey, we gotta get on board. Things are only going to go further and further that way. So we really want to wake people up to say, hey, you got to understand technology is not going anywhere. Are you guys going to offer kind of like how to make it NFTs? And I'm not being facetious here. No, I mean, it's, it's, no. I, it's a huge yeah. market. It's incredible. We've had those conversations. Yeah, like NFTs, One blockchain. thing that we know from an industry perspective is that there's a, while there's a talent shortage, especially for diverse talent in the tech field, when we think about blockchain, cryptocurrency, huge demand in talent, very low diversity in terms of folks with tech backgrounds that can develop and program in those arenas. And so we've had conversations about how do we add that into our curriculum, knowing that companies like Visa and Discover are doubling down on blockchain and Bank of America, and they're gonna be needing developers and we can be a great partner for organizations like that. And then what happens? So you'll reach out to a place like Visa and say, hey, Visa, we could help you. And then try to get them to sponsor Sure. For students, yeah, that it's worked. It's worked a lot of different ways. So we've had companies say, "Oh, wow, you guys are cultivating diverse tech talent. We need business analysts. Do you have a business analyst track?" No, we don't. But let's have that conversation because <laughs> yeah. maybe we can customize something so that we can give you that pipeline. You know, we've been very focused in our three main business tracks, but we're also understanding that the needs of the of the business landscape are evolving, and we're wanting to partner with more companies. So we're open to exploring those conversations and thinking about what type of customized work that we can do to help companies get that talent that they're looking for. And, and I, want, I want to give some flowers really quick on the call. So I just are having to work with two of the best networking and <laughs> like, so Josh and I, that from a business <laughs> development standpoint, they build these relationships and they are really, really good at explaining how we can benefit organizations because people, let's, let's be honest, it's one, Plan to say, hey, you should do this community initiative. You should get behind this this initiative. But people really want to know, like, what is the return? Like, what am I going to get back out of doing this? So, man, these guys do this all day, every day. And I, I sit back and look at the lineup of organizations that we're working with now. And I'm like, yo, you guys are killing it. So I think we do a good job of yeah. putting out why it's valuable to organizations but they, they, I work with, I got the best team. I'm just going to be honest. So. That, well, that's how, that's how you're here now. And I'm here with you. Cause I hit me up on LinkedIn. Did you send me a random? I, I think, they are relentless. Yeah, I'm I think I, I think I, I was writing about, I want to say it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the company. It was like a boot camp here in New York. Yeah. And I guess you were like, wait a minute. 
if you're doing writing for them, hey, what hey. about us? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, right. Hey, you want to write exactly. about me? Exactly. It's my company. You're my guys. So uh, yeah. So look, so. I, I'm, and I and I'll tell you why the that's the approach, Jack. So you know, I knew Josh for a while, and I met Quan through Josh, and I watched these guys say, "We want to do something impactful that hasn't been done for our community," and they have relentless focus and vision. I mean, these guys believed in this idea of pivot when pivot was just on a piece of paper. It was a hundred million dollar company on a piece of paper. And so I watched them and I said, man, I'm going to support and get involved. And I want to match their energy because they've got great energy. And so my approach is who's talking about what that's related to us. How can we get out there and forge those relationships and, you know, look where we are now. Yeah. I think that's, that's like a, one of these superpowers that people don't talk enough about is the ability just to kind of cold reach out to yes. folks and just and make the ask. And yeah. as a recruiter, I've been doing this, you know, for 25 years and I find out it's, 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 it's actually, once you get used to it, it's okay because you don't take it personally. If they say no, you figure, okay, maybe right. temporarily it's no, but maybe down the future they'll say yes. And by doing that, reaching out and just asking, you have every possibility. And it's, it's interesting how sure. like so few people do that because they're, you know, they're scared of being told no, that they're going to embarrass themselves or what have you. But I give you credit because it's hard to do. But once you do it, it's it's kind of fun. It almost becomes like a game, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's it's really, uh, so we call that, Jack, in our community, shooting your shot. Yeah. So (laughs) you got to shoot your shot, you know, like really, you know, with, I guess, I think social media has killed like the communication game. So people don't really understand how to really communicate and they take everything so personal. And, you know, it's just, hey, no is a no, on to the yeah. next. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. So let, let me, so with doing that thing, what I've noticed is that the more you put it out, then now we get people come that come to us that we haven't even reached out to because we put so many, so much in the, in the universe, in the atmosphere that we now get these amazing people that kind of just fall in our lap. Like we, we have a guy named Milton, uh, Milton Brantley, and he's, he has an MSP and He's been like a really good mentor to us. And I'm to be honest, Milton kind of fell in our lap. We, we've been talking about what we want to do. We didn't yeah. go out and find him. He kind of, you know, just some relationships that Josh had developed and conversations over here and us being like loud, because we're loud, right? But being loud, people know what we're trying to do. So when they hear about things, they're like, oh, you should talk to Pivot. I heard Pivot mention this. So Milton kind of came to us. He already has a successful managed service provider company has no reason to want to kind of mentor us or talk to us, but we, but we're so passionate about our, our, our mission, right? Which is diversification, diversification. And we, and we stand on that. So Milton came to us and we started having these conversations about what is it like and how can we get organized and how can we get our operations set up so we can actually successfully provide these services. So Milton has been like a, a, a life, Man, he's been like a life jacket to us jumping out in this ocean, you know. To say, so this hey, is the new, and this is the new venture you're starting, right? Yeah, a so new... it's, it's, a, it's a new venture. Now we had already started doing work for organizations, but it wasn't a it wasn't a concerted effort to build this division of our organization. So we were say, hey, we talked we talked to U.S. Tobacco about doing some actual 
some school things and they was like, well, we do have this, we have this backlog of data work. Do y'all, yeah, like, hey, we actually have students and people that can handle that. So we kind of fell into doing our first MSP work with uh, US Tobacco just from, a, from another relationship that Josh and Ike had built and, and conversations organically happened. And, and, and that's for, whole... for people who don't know MSP, maybe you could explain what that is oh, yeah. and what, what that's so how that works. MSP is uh, defined as managed service provider. So say if you have a company, say if it's a law firm. So a law firm, what they do well is practice law, but they have they need IT infrastructure. They need cybersecurity things. They send stuff over cloud. So they may want to transition from paper documents to cloud, or they may want to have a in-house, um, like an in-house like tech kind of like, um, what is it called? Quan uh, is like, uh, so, so in-house tech solutions team. pretty much. Yeah. So, so in-house tech solutions. So what we'll do is we manage their IT infrastructure and they, so they can do what they do well, which is practice law and we'll handle all of their IT help desk things as well as do integration work or data analytics work or so software development work. So it pretty much allows people to do what they do great and allow us to kind of handle their technical needs. And then from, organizations and companies, they have a backlog or they have backlog of work, but they don't have enough workers to actually complete the work. So whether it be data analytics work from a US tobacco standpoint, we was like, okay, we can really build your data infrastructure for you. And also we can manage it. So now it's something they don't have to worry about. They have a trusted partner in us that we can actually go and execute that type of work. So we do that with organizations all day long. That's right. Now, Josh, can your students who haven't maybe graduated yet, but have enough experience that then they can go out to that law firm and maybe do some, you know, IT work or whatever the case may be. Yep. So it really, so what we're doing, and I think it is next level what we're doing. So it's, we're creating jobs for our students. So we may train them in a 12 week boot camp for a project that we may need for a year. So it may be some Salesforce integration or ServiceNow integration. We can, we can spin up a 12-week boot camp, train those individuals and pro provide them jobs after those 12 weeks. So now they don't have to go in the marketplace and beg for opportunities. We can create opportunities. They can now build up their resume. Now they, it eliminates the excuse, well, hey, we like you, but you don't have experience. No, we can give them experience. Then they can leverage us and then go get some real money. That's great. And with this be within you know the Nashville Tennessee area or this is could be anywhere we we have partners all over the country now wow. and so like I said Josh and Ike they've been on it so we have partners in Alabama we've started to create these relationships with we're working up we're in Georgia we're down in in Miami Florida right now at a tech conference and I can tell you we're right now creating relationships <laughs> in Florida because here's the thing in in this new world which is amazing people can get a job and sit in a, I can sit here on the beach in Miami yeah. and do work for an organization. Yeah, keep rubbing and, it in. I'm here, it's, it's, I'm looking out the window and it's Valley. like an ice storm. So thanks yeah, for rubbing so, it in. <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily have to live locally to, to where you're working now. We, you know, if you have a laptop, you have Wi-Fi, you can hop on and, and, and do software development for organization in Silicon Valley, right from where you are in, in you know, up in Northeast. So, we'll create opportunities all over the country for organizations and individuals don't necessarily have to be local to get these jobs anymore because they've opened it up to anybody anywhere. That's why, that's why it's, 
That's why the demand is what it is because people are now hiring from all over the country because everybody's virtual. So it's harder to retain talent because people can go get a job in um, what's, what's, uh, Austin, Texas yeah. from Nashville, Tennessee, get a much higher salary. And now these local Nashville organizations are struggling to find talent because people are leaving and working for organizations all over. That's amazing. So, so, so you're getting closer to that hundred million dollar goal, step by step, right? <laughs> we, we step it's by step, it's step, it's by step. Toward it. brick by brick. <laughs> that is the goal. Uh, within a five year period, we want to build a hundred million dollar company. And it may happen this year, it may happen next year, but that is the goal. That's awesome. That's all. But you know, you, you're in the right space, the right business. And actually with Miami, you guys got to, they're trying to, the mayor's trying to make it kind of a, a crypto hub. So, yes. right. yeah, that's something maybe kind of, kind of, I know you wanted to get, you talk about getting involved in that space. So you're probably that's actually what we're, the so right we're here at the uh, Afrotech executive conference. And this whole conference is about blockchain and crypto. And we're literally just building those relationships so that we can figure out how to make that a part of what we do at Pivot. That's the thing about us, Jack, we're aggressive, right? We know what we <laughs> want to go after and we go put ourselves in position. You have to be in the spaces where people are. You have to go out and reach and connect. That hundred million is not just going to show up at our doorstep one day. We've got to go find it. We've got to go get it. And how are they? Are they generally receptive when you pitch them or just runs the gamut? Could you repeat um, that? Yeah. When you, when you kind of like broach, Hey, you know, to kind of form some, uh, you know, relationship, are they generally accepting of the pitch or they, you know, get pushback or how does it usually go? Well, it's a, so the sales cycle is, is, is long sometimes. So I would say yeah. a sales cycle would probably take six months and it goes back and forth, back and forth. So the diversity and inclusion kind of coordinator or the human resources department may say yes, but then they have to sell it to their bosses and then their bosses have to sell it to their bosses. And then it's like a trickle down effect to say, all right, now let's create this budget around this. And if this fits within the budget, we can do it. So it's, it's a lot of back and forth. The ship was the anomaly. Okay. So right. ship and Birmingham, Alabama, they are, they just next a level. Ship is the delivery. That's the delivery. That's, part the, of that's, the, delivery. that's yeah. the grocery okay. delivery company. So okay. they were really intentional. They already knew what they wanted to do. We came at the right time and they moved really, really fast to say, this is something that we're interested in. We have a great need and we're going to invest in it because really companies, if they realize that they already have the budget. So yeah. they're hiring all these search for firms to go and find all these people and paying at least 25 to 30% of their first year salary. So if you just stop doing that and say, hey, wait, okay, wait, wait, don't knock my, that's my livelihood. Wait, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, okay. That's all right. No, I'm not knocking. <laughs> I'm not knocking that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that, you have the budget, you have the money to do it. It's just add us as a part of that budget of the outsourcing budget, you know? Yeah, Josh, I gotta tell you, like from writing for Forbes, that this is such an important thing for these companies now, it's you're totally in the sweet spot. I, I, got, yeah. I would say most, when I'm speaking to a chief people officer, a chief HR person, you know, a CEO, someone in the C-suite, diversity, inclusion, that, that's like front and center. It's just yeah, such yeah. a different environment. It's more, it's like exactly what you guys are saying is that there's this feeling, you know, at going through COVID now with a war for talent and great resignation that they know they have to do whatever it takes to bring people in and to keep people. Yeah. And, and, so, and so, 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 Jack, so it's, 
Yeah. Here's something to, here's something to keep in mind, right? 2020, 2021, and 2022, there's been a lot of conversation around tech diversity and the need for more people of color to be given opportunities in the tech industry. That's been something that's been like a hot button thing. Yeah. And Pivot launched in the midst of that. And we've capitalized on that energy and we've quite frankly benefited from it. But this idea of tech diversity is not new. You know, the dot-com era was 2000s. My first tech engineering role was 2001. There has been a very low percentage of people of color in the tech industry for decades. But for whatever reason, you know, just things kind of all these forces coming together, there's a huge spotlight on it. So when people hear that our mission is tech diversity, everybody gets it. What happens is companies have to decide, are they really willing to invest right now? Or is it something that they're just talking about, quite frankly? And so that's where we land a lot of times when we broach the conversation, people get it, they understand it, they love it. And it just boils down to, are we committed to making these types of investments? And if so, they move a lot faster. And if not, you know, we have to kind of push the envelope quite yeah. a bit. So it's almost like, is it a, is it a checkbox thing? Are you, right. are you just checking some boxes to show, you know, that like, like in the NFL, right? Now they have this whole thing about hiring black coaches, right? So a lot of teams go to these check boxes and want to, you know, just, this is what I got to do. Check, check, yeah. check, check interview. But what we want to do is say are you intentional? Are you going to put your yeah. money behind, you'll put your budget behind your initiatives? Uh, because we're going to keep pushing this. We're not going to let it like die down because it's a phase of, hey, the diversity, the diversity buzz has died down. We can go back to status quo because the reality is that we can't go back to status quo because the people are not going to be able to survive without getting higher paying jobs. And it's really a, uh, a division in the wealth gap, right? Culturally, is really getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's the cost of living in Nashville is almost doubled, but the incomes haven't doubled. And the people that are getting the jobs are not the people that need them the most. So we really have to keep this spotlight on it. And if we want to see change, companies like Pivot, we have to stay at the forefront. So it's almost like, when we talk about a hundred million dollar goal, we really we really have a mission based thing that's really changing people's lives, and that's what matters to me because we get up and we do this every day because we talk to the Knicks and we we just place twenty seven people at shift. They the cohort that graduated in right. November, twenty seven graduated, twenty seven people got a job. So if you just think about that's a one hundred percent placement rate of people who are now like 60, 70, $80,000 a year and their entire family situation is completely different. Yeah. That gives us the juice to keep doing this. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a good feeling, right? It's a yeah, good feeling, not only from the business perspective, but from you know your own internal, you get yeah, enjoyment sure. when you hear that, sure. right? Yeah, Pivot is a, it's a, it's a social impact play, right? We're a for-profit company. We're in the education, tech education space, but our mission is social impact. We're all from the communities that our students are from. We've all in, been impacted by some of the same systemic issues. We understand the racial wealth gap. And every time we get a student placed in a position where they're increasing their income, we're helping to combat the racial wealth gap just step by step, person by person, student by student. Uh, I do want to mention a few things real quick. So we were just recently nominated for startup of Tech Startup of the Year in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> 
Nice. Uh, we didn't win. The, we didn't win the award, but we were nominated. It was an amazing experience for the National Tech uh, Council. Uh, if you get a chance to go to our uh, LinkedIn page, you can see the video. I think we posted yeah. a, a video of it because we do we do, we do videos of everything we do, man. We we kind of approach things a little different, but uh, you know it's a great experience. And I just released one of the most amazing books. Let's of talk the year. about it. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna even had I was gonna say let's pivot. No pun intended. Yes. To like let's scare. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can talk a little bit about you. <laughs> there you man, go. I appreciate <laughs> the love and support from Quan and Josh on this book. <laughs> You know, Jack, the best way I can describe this book, I'm sitting with, uh, I'm working with a group of black men that are working to empower their communities and Black Boy Fly, the whole concept is literally about empowering black men to fly high and achieve greatness in life. And so that's the spirit, that's the energy behind the book. It talks a lot about my career as an engineer, my career as a business professor and what I've experienced in terms of overcoming obstacles, being a black male in these uh, you know, minority, majority dominated spaces and how I can thrive, but not how only I can thrive, how other black men can thrive. So that's how I position the book. And, and what we what's talked about in that book, we're living it out every day. We're, we're some gentlemen that are from, from diverse communities trying to achieve greatness. And I do ground a lot of that discussion in the book with my ancestry. And I talk about my family's journey to the US from Ghana and what it was like to be, you know, a, a black kid and an African kid at the same time. How's it, how's it going so far with the book? It's going well. I've almost sold about 450 copies, getting calls to come and speak to schools, actually Great. working on a Black Boy Fly tour. These brothers are going to be on a tour with me. We're going to hit some university campuses and empower some, some young black men out there in the world. That's awesome. A anything that I haven't asked Yep, folks? Josh yeah. has a book coming out too. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about what storm, Josh, real quick. Yeah, so uh, I have a book coming out called What Storm. Uh, so it just really talks about the whole tornado situation that happened, losing everything and being able to bounce back and really learning and showing people how to face adversity head on. So that'll be launching pre-sale starts March the 3rd. You can go to joshuamundy.com. Also my YouTube, you know, my YouTube page. I do podcasting as well. So Jack, I'm, I may have to have you on my podcast. I'd love to, um, man. Okay, awesome, I'm in. I'm uh, in. Uh, it's called I'm Josh Saying. I'm Josh Saying, like a play on I'm Just Saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, so on YouTube as well, so you can follow my page. I do a lot with real estate as well. So that's what I do, uh, Jack. Let me, let me guys, just you're, you're, really you guys quick. are busy. Do you have any yeah. downtime or no? Let me say something really quick. Yeah. What you're what you're looking at when you look at Pivot, you're you're seeing two black men that are husbands, that are fathers, and that are leaders in their community who took an idea, built a company, put great energy out there, and attracted a dynamic team of people who've been supportive of that vision. And on a daily basis, we are dispelling all of the myths that exist in America around what Black men are and what Black men can be. And that's something I want to make sure that, that people hear and understand. We see so much in terms of imagery around Black men in America, but these are stories that don't often get told. And that's why I'm so thankful for you for covering Pivot and Forbes, because people need to see more about what black men are capable of and can do, especially in America, especially in the business world. Yeah, you have to understand the, the, the reaction we got when me and Josh was going around saying, hey, we're getting ready to start a tech school. They're like, oh, what? You know what I'm saying? So I, people were literally waiting on that 
idea to go away. Like, you guys are still talking about doing this school? Like, it was almost, it was initially, um, the reaction was, uh, okay, we'll, we'll see how far that goes. And now to see people, to talk to people, and they're like, hey, not only did you guys actually do it, you guys are thriving and changing lives, and now we have so much energy behind it. And now we are at the table with all these other organizations. We, we recently got certified as, in the state of Tennessee as a certified education institution. Uh, we have partnerships all over the country, students all over the country. We are talking to Jack Kelly uh, on his <laughs> podcast right now. So, you know, we, we are, we, we're just doing things that I think uh, people may not have expected us to be able to do. But I really think it's when you get the right people with the right energy at the right time, Jack, you can really build something special. So I think we're just in that, in that space. And, and also when you have mission-based work, we have impactful things that you're doing. So it's not really about us. So that's why we say when people like, hey, you can't really stop what we're doing because it's not about us, man. This is, a, this is a God thing. This is something bigger than what we're doing. This is something that's needed and necessary in order to kind of shift where, we, where we're going yeah. from a culture standpoint. I think it's just a really, really big thing. So I appreciate you for giving us this platform. And Jack, one more thing, because I know we're throwing a lot at you. <laughs> On, I believe it's March, which is, you know, March is uh, Global Women's Month. We're hosting a panel discussion on women diversifying tech. And I just want to call out Josh and Quan because they have empowered Black women within Pivot to occupy major leadership roles. Our chief academic officer is a Black woman. And so the women on our team are going to be hosting this panel discussion with other women in chief diversity officer roles across Fortune 500 companies. So folks can look out for more information on that coming on our uh, LinkedIn page. Mike, if they want to do a LinkedIn Live, let me know. We can kind of do okay, that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know, let's yeah. go. We should, we should make it a LinkedIn Live. Let's yeah, go. yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. You know? So I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and sharing it's, it's a very inspirational story. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, I, I'll keep my ears open if there are folks who I feel I could kind of send your way that, okay. yeah, sure. you know, sure. that, that, sure. that, that can make, you know, some synergy. I'll keep you posted, but this is great. And then maybe we could do yeah. is keep in touch so that, you know, as, as time goes on, you come up with new ideas, new ventures, you know, we'll, we'll have a follow-up conversation so people can kind of get to know you and know what you're doing and see, you know, follow you along the whole path. And, yeah, sure. and I think it's, it's, it's one of those great stories, you know, I, not to go on a tangent, but there's so much, and we all know, there's so much doom and gloom and anger and fighting and arguing. Yes. So it's great yeah. when you speak to people who are uplifting and positive and trying to make a difference, you know, and make an impact. And that's what I try to do with my writing, to find these stories. And you guys exemplify that, you know, you're just trying to make good and, and do well by people, improve their lives. You know, that guy who's a bus driver, who's now making six figures plus, his life and his family's life is going to be forever changed for the better. And then yes. people are going to see him and say, I want that. And then their lives and so forth. So it's, yeah, you guys were, you know, doing a great thing. Thanks. Thank, thank you so very much. Sorry. Appreciate that, man. Okay. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, for, thank you for having us. Oh, my and pleasure. We, we'll definitely do business together. We'll yep. just, we'll send you over an agreement. <laughs> we can sign and let's do some business together. Man. I'll on, try man. to help you guys out. I love what you do, man. I'll help, I'll help the cause. It's great. Well, thank you for everybody. It was awesome seeing you guys again. All right. Thanks, Jack. Right, take Have care. A good one. You too. Bye-bye.